Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We would love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit our website at www.lifechurchofrichmond.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker. Come on, Life Church, sing. Hallelujah. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker. Come on, let's sing it again. Do your fist like this. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't feel it. Hallelujah. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You never stop. You never stop, Jesus. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Jesus, your way maker. Yes. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time before our speaker comes tonight. Lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Everybody in this place, lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 What a beautiful presence of the Lord that's in this place. Amen. Good to see you tonight. Thank you for being here. Thanks for not letting a little rain, well, actually a lot of rain, keep you away. <laughs> good to see everybody. Why don't you turn around and shake hands with your neighbor. Tell them it's good to see him in church tonight. Amen, amen. Looking forward to another great night tonight with Pastor Suarez, also tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, Sunday at 11. Thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting your friends to come on out. How many of you enjoyed Sunday and last night? Amen? Wasn't it great? I'm so thankful for what God is doing, thankful for the spirit of revival. Uh, somebody was telling me this week, they said they invited one of their co-workers to the revival and they looked at him and they said what is a revival <laughs> and so they said you know so they explained it to him and then I thought you know sometimes we don't realize that some of our words our church words just don't necessarily uh, it, the dots don't always connect to people that are not church people and she began to tell her what it was and so you know I'm just thankful because really when you think about it revival really is a moment an opportunity for the saints to revive their spirits and to reconnect with God, to, to find their purpose once again. I believe it's also an opportunity for miracles to happen. I believe it's an opportunity for lives to be changed. I believe it's an opportunity for people to find Jesus. Amen. I believe it's an opportunity for believers to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I think it's an opportunity for God to just break out and to do something new in our lives. So I'm thankful that you are taking advantage of that opportunity to connect in the Spirit. Why don't we welcome our friend, Pastor Tony Suarez, right now. Amen. Thank you. Amen. If you'd stand with me for the reading of God's Word, going to the book of Luke chapter 1. And uh, I'll be reading from... The New Living Translation, and whatever translation you have, is it's all good, all works. Reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1, and uh, starting in verse 8. And we'll read through, uh, well, ver let's go to verse 11, so you don't have to stand so long. Verse 11. And uh, we'll read from there. The Bible says, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you're going to name him John. And you'll have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And then I'm just going to skip down for a moment. Uh, to 
to verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, how can this be? I'm an old man. My wife is also well along in years. See how he never tells his wife's age? Even this is like old. See, this is, this is, this is doctrine at this point. I mean, if it's, they're doing this in the Bible, you know. He, never, he doesn't give away the wife. It's age. It's, she's well along, you know. The angel says, <laughs> the angel gets a little miffed at him. says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It is he who sent me to bring you the good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you're going to be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I'm going to preach and make a prophetic declaration that I feel for this church and for you today. Change is coming. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. Thank you for what you're doing, what you've already done, and what you're going to do tonight. I ask that you'll open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to discern what thus saith the word of the Lord, and I ask that you'll confirm it tonight with signs, miracles, and wonders. Baptize people tonight in your spirit. That when we leave this house, we'll say, surely, we've been in the presence of Almighty God. And we ask it in the name, above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Zechariah comes from a holy lineage of people. Uh, he comes from a lineage of priests, as did his wife Elizabeth, for that matter. And these are righteous people. They're careful to obey the laws of God. And they've, because of that, because, as a result of the way they live and the way they try to honor God, they've found favor in the sight of the Lord. They have favor with God because they have faithfully served the Lord. Faithfulness brings favor. And so, as most couples, I imagine, would, Zechariah and Elizabeth have desired to have a child Yet years have passed, and now they're older, and it seems like that desire is going to go unfulfilled. They're, they've been unable to have children, and there is no child, and yet they continue faithful. They continue faithful. If there's any recipe, if there's any key ingredient to a miracle, if you will, it's being faithful. It's, it's, it's to keep on, as they said in the old church, to keep on keeping on, to just do the same thing because you find that there's a man who has an unfulfilled prayer request, yet he still does what he's called to do. Time and time again, Zechariah goes to the house of the Lord. He goes to the temple to serve the presence of the Lord. It's his custom. It's his job. It's his duty that he's to go to the temple daily and every day, one of the priests is chosen to go in and to offer incense in the presence of the Lord. And Zechariah is chosen on this particular day. The crowd gathers outside to pray. And Zechariah enters into the presence of the Lord. And while he is ministering unto the Lord, while he's doing the work of the Lord, the Lord comes and begins to try to do a work in, Zechariah, in Zechariah's life. An angel of the Lord appears and it surprises him. Bible says that Zechariah begins to tremble. He begins to fear. There, there's, you would think that in a holy place, in a holy visitation, there would be some kind of peace. Yet the visitation catches him off guard. He is in the presence of the Lord, yet a visitation from God catches him off guard. And the angel has to calm him down, has to say in layman's terms so that we get it now. He has to say, Zechariah, chill out. Peace, like for those that speak Spanish, apaciguate, just like, like simmer down, okay, for those of you that are, uh, anyhow, just chill out, don't be fearful, 
I come from the presence of God, and God has heard your prayer. He's heard your request, and your wife Elizabeth is going to give you a son. And not only is he going to give you, not only are you going to have a son, but I even got a name picked out for him. You're going to name him John. And you're going to have great joy and gladness. And many are going to rejoice at his birth because he's going to be great in the eyes of the Lord. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is what Zechariah wanted. This is what Zechariah has prayed for. This is what Zechariah has longed for. This is the bold, italicized, underlined, size 16 font. This is the prayer request of Zechariah's life. More than anything else. Everyone in this room probably has 22 prayer requests, but you got one that stands out over all of them. There's, there, there's that one that you, if it, it's the big one. It's, it's, if that one got answered, everything else would fall into line. And so this is the prayer request, probably after marriage, of course. You know, this, this is the big one that he's been seeking. And after years of praying, after years of waiting, the angel of the Lord comes and he says, it's yours. You asked for it. You waited for it. Now it's yours. Now it's yours. I don't know if there's anything you've ever had to wait on, but do you remember when you got what you were waiting on? You ever remember? Uh, for those of you still waiting on Publishers Clearinghouse, you need to pray for Ed McMahon. I don't, I don't know if he's still with us or not, but uh, but do you know that anticipation you've been having, waiting on that paper check to come. How many magazines have you bought throughout the years? Just, I, I just, I just know this is my year. This, I claim it. It's gonna happen this year. You remember? For those gentlemen in the room, do you remember the pain? Let's just call. Let's just be real tonight. The pain and the suffering that that girlfriend put you through before she said yes to your proposal. They play. They play, and it's not right. And I can speak freely because my wife is not here right now. So let me tell you how it is. They put you through stress, anxiety. You got to take double the dosage of pills that you normally take. They make you smile one day, cry the next day. You're on this emotional roller coaster. And by the time they finally say yes, some of us are just like, oh, my God, finally. Do you remember that day when she finally said yes? I remember that day. I kind of look like an old-fashioned Pentecostal. Can't me. I did, I did the Pentecostal. I did. I mean, I just, I just messed my hair up. I mean, I just, I, I just, I got excited. I mean, I was excited. I mean, I got what I was seeking, what I had long, what I was hoping for. I got it. Yet you find that Zechariah's display of emotion is a little different. The angel comes and says, after years of praying, after years of waiting, you're going to get what you have been seeking. And you would think that after praying for years, you'd think that after longing for years, you think the man would have acted just a little bit excited. You think there would have been a little bit of zeal, at least. Uh, thank you, G. I, I mean, something. Maybe you don't spin like we used to spin, but at least, uh, you know, like a halfway wave or something. But the angel says, Zechariah, it's yours. Your prayer's been answered. And Zechariah speaks up and he says, nah, nah, can't be. I don't believe it. And he ticks off the angel. We didn't even know the angel's name until that point. He gets the angel upset and the angel says, uh, excuse me, do you know who I am? I'm Gabriel. My man, I am Gabriel. 
I stand with God. Like, I got a trumpet up there, okay? Like, I do important stuff. I'm not one of those guys. I am one of the cherubims. I mean, I'm, in, I'm like, you know, fab five with Jesus up there. And you doubt what I'm trying to tell you? You know what? You're not going to talk again. That's Bible. Have you ever asked God for something and you had faith to ask, but you didn't have faith to receive it? It's one thing to ask. It's another thing to receive it. I've preached in this church many times. I told you the story of Lazarus many times. I told you how Mary and Martha asked Jesus to come to heal their brother. And when Jesus came, Martha said, you're late. When he said, move the stone, she said, stop it. He's too dead. Martha had faith to ask. Martha didn't have faith to receive. Martha had too many circumstances that killed her faith to stop being able to believe what she had asked for. I'm a man of faith. I like to believe I am. Speak, Lord. Your servant hears thee. I'm getting a text message from heaven right now. Hold on. Hey, Jesus. It's power. What a powerful church. Gabriel, is that you? I want you to take my voice away in the middle of my sermon. Hey, one time I was preaching at a church. I, and look, I'm easy going, as you can tell. I'm having fun. I was preaching at a church. And somebody's phone, somebody's phone went out in the middle of the sermon. And I was just being funny. I'm like, oh, hold up. I said, let's let them get that call. It was the bishop. The bishop of the church, it was his phone. I haven't been back. But it was a good church that one time. I preached there. Love the guy. Anyhow. Anyhow, where was I? Ah, yeah. Faith to ask but not faith to receive. I'm a man of faith. I believe. I like to believe I'm a man of faith. I take the word of God literally. That doesn't mean I'm a perfect man. That doesn't mean I do things right. But I have faith. I believe that God does what he says he's going to do. I believe that some of the greatest faith, faith is elementary faith. When you just simply believe without an analytical mind trying to figure out how he's going to do it. I stopped trying to figure out God a long time ago. Because that will drive you crazy. I don't know how God's going to do what you're asking him for. I don't know who he's going to use. I don't know how the miracle's going to come. But I have faith that he who is able to do it is, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or even think I believe he can do it. I believe in the power of the spoken word. I believe that when that... I believe that when there was nothing, God spoke and his word created everything. I believe when everything, when, when, when essentially everything was the abyss, when it was just utter darkness, God spoke. God spoke and what he spoke instantly came to be because of the power of the spoken word. The Bible says that there's life and death in the tongue. There's life. When, and Jesus said, the things that I do, so shall you do, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I've preached in this church many times. You've heard me give you the definition of what it means in Spanish. For those of you that are new, it's important that you know it. In Spanish, uh, John, in English, John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Spanish, it says, en el principio era el verbo. In Spanish, it doesn't say in the beginning was the Word. It says in the beginning was the verb. 
I like that interpretation a little bit better because it helps me understand what kind of words come out of the mouth of Jesus. He doesn't just speak any old word. He speaks verbs. What's a verb? It's a word in action. It's an action word. That means that any, any word, every word that comes out of his mouth is creative. It's active. And that's why it helps me understand why the Bible says that his word can't return void. Because if he speaks it, what he speaks shall come to pass. That's true. And Jesus said, what I do, so shall you do. So God spoke, and the earth was created. Abraham spoke, and by the promise of God, not one word fell to the ground. Elijah spoke, and the rain stopped for three years. And then when Elijah spoke again, the rain began to fall again. Jesus spoke, and Lazarus came out of the tomb. And Jesus said, if I can do it, you can do it. That's the power that's in the spoken word. So just understanding that, think about those things that you've been asking for and believing for. You were speaking words of life. You were speaking words of resurrection. You were speaking words of healing. You were speaking words of hope. It ought not to surprise us that when we speak it, it comes to pass because his word doesn't return void. He says there's life and death in your tongue. I believe you have influence to ask God for anything. But not only to ask, you have influence to receive. Problem is that sometimes we ask God for things that we don't think he, can actually, that he will actually do for us. He says you got to be like a kid to get into the kingdom of heaven. My kids asked me for the craziest stuff when they were younger. Michael, what do you want for Christmas? I want a castle. She wasn't talking about like a castle. Like she wanted me to build a castle. Cole wanted a motorcycle when he was four. I don't, I, Zachary's thing was so crazy, I don't even think it would be worthwhile bringing it up. You'd want to send us to counselor. I, I just, they asked me for crazy stuff. That they didn't even really believe they were going to get. How do I know? Because they asked for it and then they never brought it up again. It was just, it was in the moment. And we ask God for things. Sometimes doubting, can he really do it? Can he really save my wayward son? Can he really heal this marriage? Can he really bless me with the job that I've been seeking? Can he really set me free from this addiction? Can I really change? I mean, I know I've been asking for it. But do I really think he can do it? It's like having faith to buy the house and then fretting all the time about how you're going to pay for the house. You had faith to sign the loan papers, but do you have faith to pay the mortgage? It's like, it's like those people that go to the car. I, I, when I was much younger, I used to sell cars. From car salesman to the preacher. Hallelujah. I promise you, you can trust me today. <laughs> Got some stuff I want to sell you after the service. Anyhow, I remember, no joke, I remember on the car lot watching a family Jericho march around a car that they wanted to buy. They weren't sure if they could buy the car, so they, they Jericho marched. Chicago. They're Jer and how do you know it's a Jericho march? Because I, I saw them, I looked out the window, and I just saw them. They're walking thinking, what in the name of God is happening over there? So I went and asked, and the lady told me, she said, we're claiming it right now in the name of Jesus. I said, are you Jericho marching? She said, we are. And so, like, I'm going to get the sale. You know what I did? I got right in line with them. I'm like, Lord Jesus, right now, we claim Citibank is going to give them that loan. It's coming through. It's coming through. Touch three people. It's coming through, coming through, coming through.
and they'd get the car, and then they would worry, oh, my God, how am I going to pay for it? Well, you had faith to ask for it, but do you have faith that he can sustain you? Israel had faith that he could bring them out of Egypt, and then a few days in the desert, and they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to eat? And he sends, he sends manna, and they're like, do you got any meat up there? He sends quail, and a few days later, oh, my God, we're going to die again. Because they had faith to come out, but they didn't have faith to believe that he was going to sustain them along the way. 11-day journey turns into a 40-year journey because of a lack of faith that turns into rebellion. Because they don't trust God, so they start trying to do things on their own. Faith to get married, but you got faith to stay married? Hallelujah. Okay, that's okay. Faith to ask for healing, but do you believe he can heal you? People, people sometimes get in the way because they think they have to help God out. God comes and says to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Sarah says, yeah, right. You don't know about our marriage and what's been going on here. We 90, sir. But a promise comes. You're going to have a son. And Abraham and Sarah start trying to figure out, well, how's he going to do it? Well, I mean, I got that servant girl over there. I mean, you know, Hagar. I mean, you know, and they start trying to help God out rather than trust the Lord. And we're still dealing with issues today in our history because of Abraham not being able to wait on the Lord. Because he didn't have faith to see the answer come through. Okay, I don't want to offend anybody's politics. So, <laughs> faith but not faith to receive. Faith to ask, but not faith to receive. Yet you serve the God who has said that you're the head and not the tail. Who has told you that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Who has told you that all the gold and the silver is in his hands and that you are joint heirs with Christ to the promises of him. That means everything that belongs to him belongs to you because of the name. He's told you that he loves you. He's told you that he wants to bless you. He's told you that he has plans to prosper you. He's told you that you're more than a conqueror and that you have been made kings and priests and he is the king of the kings. Yet when blessing tries to come, sometimes we say, nah. I was praying for a young man in Chicago. We were having a healing service and this young man, and I'll call him out by name because God healed him ever since that day. His name was Eric. Eric was suffering from a particular illness, and he came forward, and I prayed for him, and I felt like I had a word from the Lord, a word of prophecy. That's when God speaks, to, speaks of something that is about to take place. And so I, I told Eric the Lord was going to heal him. And I told him, I know it's been delayed, but your healing is coming, and the Lord is waiting because God's going to heal you in front of your father and in front of your sister so that it will be a witness to them so that they might also believe and they might also be saved. And the entire time I'm prophesying to Eric, Eric's going like this. No emotion on his face and just swinging his arms. And I said, and Eric, it will be so in the name of Jesus in front of in the church. You know, Tiger Woods clapping. Thank you, Jesus. And Eric in front of everyone looks at me and says, nah. He walks off the stage. I'm like, it, 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 it struck me funny. Nobody's ever looked. Nah. 
I said, no, Eric, I just prophesied to you. He's like, nah. Well, two years later, God completely healed Eric. And I got a little Gabriel inside of me. I'm like, hey, you. <clears throat> you remember up in that church when you embarrassed me in front of everybody? Went, nah. I'm like, well, what now? I want you to get sick again, but like stub your toe or something. Don't me. Got all vindictive. Because he had faith to ask, but he had faith to receive. Yet, and, and some of this has to do with identity, understanding who you are. And understanding who he is to you. You remember, you remember the story I told you of the 12 disciples in the boat with Jesus. A storm arises and they say, hey Jesus, wake up, we're going to die. He calms the storm and they look and they said, who is this? Oh my God, even the winds and the sea obey him. They work for the guy. They hang out with him all the time and they don't know him. They don't know him. They don't know him. They don't understand. They don't know what he's capable of. You need to know what your God's capable of doing for you. Your God is capable of blessing you beyond your wildest dreams. God is capable of being better to you than you've been to yourself. God is capable of restoring your marriage, putting romance and love back in that marriage. God is capable of blessing your job, blessing your finances. God is, God is capable of healing you, delivering you. God is capable of doing a miracle. God is capable of moving in Washington, D.C. and moving a stalemate that takes place on Capitol Hill. God is capable of doing incredible crazy thing. Just this very day, the President of the United States declared that Israel is, that the Golan Heights belongs fully and completely to Israel. That's something that no one has said in decades, but in one moment. God's capable of doing crazy, extraordinary things. And the Lord, and, and I felt it, I felt to prophesy to this house a corporate prophecy that the Lord is about to do unexplainable things, unexplainable miracles for this house. And when it comes, and when it is spoken to you, you can't respond to the Lord and say, nah, I don't need, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how you could do it. You need to just have simple faith to say, I don't know how you're going to do it. But if you said it, I believe that it shall come to pass because I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. And if you did it for Abraham, if you did it for Zechariah, if you've done it for Suarez, I know that you're going to do it for me in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring that God is about to blow your mind. God is about to give you what you've been asking for. There's going to be unexplainable miracles that you're going to begin to hear testified about. And you're going to see how much God favors you. Give him praise and glory in the house. And when I was growing up, when I was growing up, they said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Well, here's the word of the Lord to you. If you can't speak in faith, it's better you not speak at all. Because you might be canceling, you might be delaying, and you might be denying what God's trying to do in your life. So you know what God did to Zechariah? He shut his mouth. 
He shut his mouth so that Zechariah would stop speaking doubt. He shut his mouth so Zechariah would stop delaying what God was trying to do. God shut his mouth and he said, you're not talking again until you can declare my promises. The Bible says stand still and see the work of God. It's better to say if you don't know how God's going to do it and you got doubt and you have a lack of faith, it's just better to stand in silence rather than say the wrong thing. I'd rather stand there and say I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord rather than cancel what God is about to do. There's some Zacharias in this room that have been walking in silence. God, it's almost like God took your voice away. It's not because God took the anointing away, but you're not. he's not allowing you to cancel out what he has intended for you. So Zechariah sits in silence, sits in silence, sits in silence, and then, then what he had asked for and what was promised to him shows up shows up. It comes. The baby comes. Here's the second part that the Lord told me to share with you. The baby comes. The fulfillment of the prophecy, the fulfillment of the prayer request comes. And when the baby is born, the town says, the people say, we're naming him Zechariah. Because it's the custom of the time that you name the child after the father, which really symbolizes the same old, the same old, the same old. You're going to get the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. If you know one Zechariah, you know all the Zacharias. But Elizabeth says, no, actually, we're going to name the boy John. And they said, no. There's no Johns in your family. There's no one by that name. There's no one with that identity. You're a bunch of Zacharias. You're a bunch of Zacharias. You're a bunch of Zacharias. There's no Johns in your. And so they come. Now look what they did. Because the son always gets their identity. The son always gets their name. You know, who, you know who's in charge of naming the children in the Bible? The father is in charge. So the town's like, well, now remember, this is not 2019. This isn't, you know, women power. They don't know all that stuff yet. They don't know about equality and all that stuff yet. So they said, you know, Elizabeth, just let, let me go talk to the man. This is before Miranda's working in, you know, Capitol Hill. It's before Lauren's running for president of the United States. It's before all that. So they come and they said, Zechariah, your wife, <laughs> your wife, the little woman, Gave us the wrong name. What are we going to name him? Well, he can't talk. So he's got to do a prehistoric text message. And he writes on a tablet, J, well, whatever it is in Hebrew, but we're going to do it in the King's English for right now. J-O-H-N. And they said, and when the father said his name was John, they said, his name shall be John. Because the child gets their identity from the father. They get their name from the father. And God told me to tell this church that no longer are you going to be a Zechariah. God said, I'm about to do a new thing. There's change coming to this house. There's change coming to your family. There's change coming to your marriage. No longer will it be known by what it's always been called. No longer will it be known by what it's always been known. But God's about to birth a John where there's always been Zacharias because behold, he is the God of a new thing. And a new thing is uncomfortable. A new thing can feel strange at times. But I prophesy to you, change is coming in the name of Jesus. Jesus, don't fight it. Don't come against it. Don't speak against it. Receive it. Receive it in silence if you have to. But speak. And if you're going to speak, speak the promises of God. But God is about to do what you've been asking for for many years, says the Spirit of the Lord. Give him praise in this house.
out of a family of priests came a prophet. Out of a family of priests came a prophet. Out of a family of Zacharias came a John. And I speak the word of the Lord to you. John is coming out of your lineage. God, John is coming out of your money. John is coming out of your marriage. What I'm telling you is that out of what has been status quo, there is something new coming. And it's prophetic. It's relevant. It's different. It's things that you've never seen before. And it is the promise of the Lord so much so that God said if I got to shut your mouth so that you don't lose what I'm trying to get you I'll shut your mouth so that you don't curse what I'm trying to bless you with because what I have intended for you it shall be in the name of Jesus come on give him praise in this house tonight stand with me in this house when God speaks something, when God determines he's going to do something, it shall come to pass. It shall. We delay it sometimes, but it shall come to pass. And I'm speaking and prophesying and decreeing and declaring over a bunch of Zacharias tonight. That John is coming. John is coming. A new thing. A prophetic thing. A voice out of the wilderness. John didn't look like Zechariah. John didn't look like anything that the people had ever seen before. John was a precursor to the Lord Jesus Christ. John, John, the new thing was about to announce the thing that would change the world. There's a new sound. There's a new thing that God is going to do in this house. It'll be a new thing. But don't you fret. It is of God, and it is about to announce a mighty work that Jesus is about to do in this region. I feel it in my spirit so strong that there is a new thing coming from the Zacharias. There's a John coming. There's a John coming. And look when the promise came. Look when the promise came. The promise came when Zechariah was doing what Zechariah was called to do. When Zechariah was in the presence of God, when he was worshiping God, when he was ministering unto God, if I'm speaking to some Zacharias tonight, you say, Suarez, I hear what you're saying, but I don't have a word. I haven't seen a Gabriel, and I haven't had an angel to tremble to. Then I, I urge you today to do like Zechariah and find the temple of the Lord and get lost in his presence. Offer The Bible says that Zechariah was offering incense. Well, that's uh, incense in those days is what we now interpret to be praise and worship because that's the incense of praise. Now we come into his temple and we don't have to just, we don't, we, we, we don't wave incense in his presence. We offer up the sacrifice of praise. We give the fruit of our lips. We do it with the raising of hands. We do it with the lifting of our voice and because that is a sweet incense, a sweet fragrance before the Lord, and if you'll come in his presence tonight, I feel it strong in my spirit that if you'll come in his presence tonight and you'll make intercession and you'll cry before God and you'll worship the Lord, I believe that a promise is coming to those that have yet to receive that promise. A promise is coming to you tonight, and when it comes, don't doubt it, receive it in the name of Jesus. I don't know, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. I don't know how you're going to use so and so, but I believe it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. I don't know how you're going to turn my money around, but I believe it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Back in 2016, I was doing commentary for CBN on election night. This isn't political. I don't care where you stand in the political spectrum, I, I, it's, but it's the point of what I want to try to make. 
I was brought to do commentary that night to explain why candidate Trump had lost the election. I was there, I was there as the, you know, the token Latino to explain everything the man had done wrong. And so we're on the broadcast. They're counting the ballots. They're counting the votes. Electoral College is reporting in. And I'm on there. And I'm, and I'm doing what I was asked to do. He said this thing. He said that thing. There was an African-American that joined me. And there was a female that joined me. And, and someone else joined. And so everyone was telling, he did this wrong with my, commu with, with my community. He did this wrong with my community. He did this wrong with my community. He did and so we're talking about all the dumb stuff he had said. Allegedly. Allegedly, like, keeps you safe. You know, you just say allegedly at the end of everything. It keeps you kosher. Anyways, allegedly. And we took a commercial break, and the producer, shirt untucked, headphone hanging over his head, you know, all un unheveled, comes in. We got to change it up. We got to change everything. Like, huh? He said, we got to change everything. About what? He said, Trump's about to win the election. We gotta change everything. This is a disaster. We gotta change everything that you just said. Because right now we look like a bunch of idiots. He said, We're talking about how he lost. And the man's, they're about to announce he won the election. So when the camera, ca you can't ever go on, on TV, you can't ever say, Um, well. Uh, uh, you see, what happened was, I mean, you do that, but you're not coming back. <laughs> so the camera turns back on. And I said, and what the crazy thing is, that in spite of everything we've listed tonight, he's about to win the election. A change came. I didn't get into your politics. I don't care if that made you happy or made you sad. I didn't get into your politics. It's the story that when we thought one thing was going to happen, a change came. A change came. And I could have sat there and said, no. He shouldn't win. He did this. He did that. You know what they would have done? They'd have cut me off. They'd be like, nope, cut. We're going to go to someone else. Because I'm still speaking about what was rather than living in what is. They'd have cut me off. They would have stopped. I had to go with what was happening instead of focusing on what happened. I have to live in the present tense, not in the past tense. Please buy my book so I can buy the church a new microphone. Please. I don't even know what I was about to do. Oh, yeah, I do remember what I was about. Now I don't want to do it, though. What if, oh, Jesus. I hope we have insurance. I don't know. What if heaven's camera is on you tonight? Just kidding. What if, what if heaven's camera is on you tonight, watching to see what you're going to say? What if heaven's camera, because I believe he gives his angels charge over you. I believe they're ministering spirits. I believe they're ministering spirits sent to bless the people of God, to guard the people of God. That's why I pray every day and I say, Lord, send your angels to walk with my children as they go to school and bring them home safe to me. Just I think that when you walk, you walk with an entourage. An entourage of celestial beings. You walk with an entourage of heaven's angels. You walk around with angels. If you could see in the heaven, you'd see that you're never alone. You're never forsaken. 
And what if heaven's watching to see your response to his word tonight? What if the camera's on? And what if, what, what if you are this close to the miracle by your response? I want to invite you at the count of three tonight. Why do you do that? Because it's, it's just the way I've done it forever. At the count, if, if, if there's a Zechariah in this room that's ready to see their John be born, their John come into existence at the count of three, I'm waiting for you in this altar. One, two, three, would you come now? in these next few minutes as your people, as your children begin to gather in your presence to minister unto you I ask that you would visit us and that you would begin to speak your promises speak of what is to become speak words of revelation words of wisdom and words of knowledge as your people gather in your presence I ask you, speak oh God speak oh God, speak oh God hallelujah just for the next few minutes, let's just worship him and entertain the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah.
mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in your mighty name, we've declared that tomorrow is a miracle healing service. But Father, if there be anyone in this house this evening that needs a miracle, we send the word of healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that cancer is being healed, diabetes can be healed. I thank you, Father, that a, a condition in the liver can be healed right now by the power of the name of Jesus. I thank you that a hormonal imbalance can be balanced out right now by one touch of the presence of the mighty God of Israel. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing someone's blood. I thank you that you're healing someone's nervous system, their skeleton. I thank you that, yea, even in the bones, in the skeletal system, a touch from the Lord is coming now and is bringing healing. I thank you for your healing touch that's flowing all over this altar right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, because I know you're speaking to your people. I know that the word of the Lord, impressions, yea, even on the heart, are coming to your people. And I thank you that you're the God that doesn't abandon us, leave us, or forsake us. So I thank you that you speak to us in visions. You speak to us even in dreams. You speak to us through your written word. You speak to us through your spoken word. And I thank you, God. I thank you that Zacharias this week are getting their word. They're getting the word of the Lord. They're getting the word. They're getting the word about the John that's on the way. The word of the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. One more time, would you clap and give God praise in this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to repeat after me. I think it's very important. I think it's very important when we hear the word of the Lord that we we receive it into our spirit. That we don't just let it. You know, the scripture actually says that the only time that the word of the Lord comes back void, you read that scripture, it says when it's not mixed with the faith of the people. You read it. The only time God's word doesn't accomplish what it's supposed to do is when we don't have faith to receive it. So we're going to pray right now. I just want you to repeat after me if you feel led. We're going to pray and ask the, ask the Lord to put this in our spirit. Amen. Father, tonight we have heard your word. And now I ask you to let me receive your word. I open my heart. I open my spirit. God, I want this word to be planted in me. God, when I have doubt... Help me not to speak my doubt. God, help me to walk in faith. Help me to speak faith. Help me to think faith. Help me to pray faith. God, I believe change is coming. God, I believe change is coming. Come on, say it like you mean it. I believe change is coming. But one last time, I believe change is coming. Now let's thank him right now. Huh? Come on, that's it all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. coming into alignment with what the Spirit wants to do. Amen. Why don't you hug somebody, tell them you're glad to see them tonight in church. 
Invite somebody to join you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. Most of you don't have to work Saturday, no school Saturday. Let's come expecting a great time tomorrow night. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.